And there were wise men who came to Jerusalem from the east. And they were asking, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. Hey, that's what it's all about, worshiping the Lord our Savior. This morning you'll notice that there are two cards in your bulletin. One is your connection card to fill out, drop in the offering plate when you're leaving. And the other is your pledge card for the coming year. And uh, if you would, fill that out and then drop it in the box that's in the foyer. And it's got a big label on it that says uh, pledge cards. So please help us out. That helps us in putting our budget together for the coming year. Also, our Christmas offering this year uh, is going to be divided locally here with Sharing Life. And they do a lot of wonderful things here in our community. And then uh, globally, Open Door Ministry, which helps a lot of persecuted Christians in other countries in the world. And then please also notice that the uh, Christian Women Fellowship, they are collecting a number of items. And uh, please read the list. And if you have any, bring them by uh, next Sunday if you can or during the week. And uh, we'll get that to them. And then also, the American Heritage Girls and the Trail Life Boys, I think that's the correct names for them, uh, have been visiting our shut-ins this past week, uh, bringing but hot cocoa and cookies and things and singing. And uh, so if you're wondering who has been by to visit your loved ones, it is that group. Uh, Michael and Stephanie kind of oversee that, and they're doing a great job, and we really appreciate those visits. All right. Well, it's good to see everyone this morning. I'm going to ask Ron to come, and he's going to open us up in a word of prayer. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we celebrate the season the when your son was born, our Savior, and Father, we ask you to be with us during this worship service to bless each and every one of us, and may we worship you in a manner that is pleasing to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Doug, my name's Doug Struve. Uh, we're here to light uh, an Advent count, uh, candle and uh, read a scripture. Uh, my wife, Evelyn, could not make it this morning. She's uh, still recovering from a, a sinus infection. But uh, with my two daughters up here, we still have the dream team that can get, the, get, the, get God's work done, I think. Uh, Sarah's back from college. She's at East Texas Baptist University where she's studying nursing. And uh, Ava is a fifth grader at Price Elementary uh, School, uh, part of the Mesquite School District. Um. Okay, I'll be reading Matthew 1, 18 through 21. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to the public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
stand and sing together Joy to the World, three stanzas. Our scripture reading for this morning comes out of the book of Romans, Paul writing about how we were once alienated from God, now we are brought close through Christ. Please read these words with me from Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. May God bless the reading of his word. Remember those who are in our senior living facilities, Flo Smith, Winona Anderson, Lorraine Bellringer, Zeta and Tony Myrick, and Gail Washlager. 
And then we want to continue to pray for um, Joan Williams' husband, Richard. He's at home on hospice. And then be in prayer for our other homebound members, uh, Dudley Perry, Cindy Bellmeyer, and Bill Guzzi. Let's pray together. Father, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we are humbled that you, the infinite God, would love us enough to send Christ to die in our place. He came as an infant child. He lived a life holy and pure, and he took upon himself our own sins. And as the angels sang on that first Christmas morning, glory to God in the highest. And Father, we gather here in this place to lift our voice in praise to you because you are great and you're gracious. And when we contemplate all that Christ has done in our behalf, words are never sufficient to express our gratitude. We could never thank you enough for salvation in Christ. And this morning we do pray for those who need your healing touch. We look to you because you are the great physician. And Father, we pray for each person at this time of year struggling with the virus that you bring healing and closure to this pandemic. Today, Father, we also pray for the men and women who serve in our military. We pray for Omar Silva, Sean Carnes, Colin Graves, Adna Mauricio, Tyler McCarty Cogis, Joshua Davis, Nathan Hayes, Colby Hayes, and Devin Guzman. And we pray, Father, your protection and your safety around each one. We pray for all the men and women who serve as first responders in our community. Father, we pray for our police officers and firefighters, especially for their safety. And Father, we pray that you would fill this place with your wonderful presence, because we know that better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. And Father, may the words of our mouths, the meditations of our heart, be acceptable in your sight. We pray that you would encourage those who are discouraged, comfort the grieving, strengthen the weak. And Father, may we live every day in light of your soon return. We ask all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In Revelation 19, we read that Jesus was, a, had a banner, King of Kings, Lord of Lords at Christmas. You see the babe in the manger was Lord of all. Let's sing two stanzas.
this fourth Sunday of Advent, we remember that we have peace with God because of what Christ did on the cross. And as we partake of the bread and the cup, let's remember that our peace comes from the Lord Jesus Christ to God. Our scripture reading this morning is Isaiah 52, verse 7. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who announces peace and bring good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, the Christmas season beckons us to pause and prepare to celebrate the birth of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. During this busy holiday season, help us to set our priorities and focus on what is important. Help us to carve out time to really reflect on the wonder of God's greatest gift and what it means to us today. We are amazed and humbled that Jesus would come down from heaven, take human form, and provide a path for us to everlasting life. We are overjoyed by his mercy and love that he would do this for us while we were still sinners. The work that he has done on the cross to pay our sins in full is something that we could never accomplish on our own for salvation. As it is written in the book of Isaiah, we are a people walking in the darkness who have seen a great light, and that light is rightfully called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Jesus, through your incarnation, death and atonement, and your resurrection, you are indeed the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. As Christmas Day approaches, let us not only celebrate your birth, but truly meditate and rejoice in your grace, in your mercy, and in your love that knows no limits. Let us never take what you have done for us on the cross for granted. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
Let's take a musical moment and look in on the shepherds. Sing with me while shepherds watch their flocks. Why that? Oh, just a minute. I think we have a special. Okay, so uh, let me explain that we have some technical difficulty. Who knew that CDs were old technology? So we get better technology. Edith is going to sing for us a cappella. The song I'm going to sing is Sweet Little Jesus Boy. And um, I want to tell you a little bit about it in the composer. Sweet Little Jesus Boy was written in 1934 by white American composer Robert McGimsey. He made it his life's work to learn, preserve, transcribe, and make accessible Afri African American folk music from the South. And about the song, Jesus came into a world that didn't recognize him and did not want him. It was a crazy, painful time in the history of Israel who was living under the cruel domination of the Roman Empire. And yet God sent his son to reveal the love of the Father in that awful time in Israel's history. In the same way, God wants to send all of us into our world to reveal the love of the Father with fervent and active faith. To many of us, Christians today are asleep at the wheel. We're passive, lukewarm, discouraged, fearful, angry, or something else other than Christ-like in our daily lives. God wants us to wake up and live passionately and full of the Holy Spirit for him. Okay, I guess I don't have to wait on the commitment. <laughs> so I've never done this before, but <clears throat> please bear with me. Sweet little Jesus boy, they made you be born in a manger. Sweet little holy child, didn't know who you was. Didn't know you'd come to save us, Lord to take our sins away. Our eyes was blind, we couldn't see. We didn't know who you was. Long time ago, you was born, born in a manger, Lord, sweet little Jesus boy, the world treat you mean, Lord, treat me mean too. But that's how things is down here. We didn't know it was you. You, you done told us how we've been a trying. Master, you done showed us how, even when you was dying, 
just seems like we can't do right. Look how we treated you. But please, sir, forgive us, Lord. We didn't know twas you. Sweet little Jesus boy, born such a long time ago. Sweet little holy child, and we didn't know who you was. Wow, thanks, Edith. That was impressive. All right, here we are. Um, now we'll peek in on the shepherds.
our offertory scripture is from John chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are humbled by the love and grace that you have shown us. As we near Christmas Day, we celebrate that you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the light of the world. Thank you for giving us the right to be called your children. We take comfort that even though we live in challenging times, we know that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. We are asked at this time to give back just a small portion of our wealth, which you alone have provided for us. Please bless the gifts and the givers, and multiply these tithes and offerings as only you can. We know we have a responsibility to use these gifts wisely, and we ask for your guidance, and that they be used according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, and we'll be looking at verses 8 through 20. Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. It's page 725 in your Pew Bible. 725 in the Pew Bible. Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And while there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord 
has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Father, on this Advent Sunday, as we look at the birth of Christ today through the eyes of the shepherds and the voice of the angels, I pray that our hearts will be eager to receive these words from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the, uh, the birth of Christ must have been a really, really big deal in heaven because never in all of history has there been such a flurry of angelic activity as there was when Christ was born. You know, an angel appears to Mary and tells her that she will bear the Christ child and even explains how that will take place. And then an angel appears to Joseph and instructs Joseph to, um, to take Mary as his wife because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And then the big moment when an entire choir of angels appear to the shepherds who are watching their flock by night. And that message that they bring is a message of joy and peace. And boy, does the world need that message today. You know, was it just the other day, Friday, just a couple days ago? You know, many schools across our country were on high alert. Some of them were on lockdown. Some districts even canceled classes because of threats of violence in our, in our school systems. Boy, does the world need the message that the angels gave to those shepherds many years ago. Because people are asking, where do I find joy and where do I find peace in this world that is so filled with despair? So this morning what I want to do, we're going to look at the message that the angels delivered to the shepherds. And we're going to look at the, really the life-changing impact that it had on them. We're going to look at really two things. That's all we'll have time for. We're going to look, we'll look first of all at the joy that it brings them, the joy that's for all people. And then we're going to look at peace, the peace that comes because of the birth of Christ. So let's look, first of all, let's look at the birth of Christ and how it brings joy to all of us. Now, you know, when the angels, when the angel suddenly appears and illuminates the night sky, it creates a little anxiety for the shepherds. But I want you to notice what the shepherds, or what the angels say in verse, um, at the very beginning here, the, the angels say, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And what is that news? Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And you will find the baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Those, those verses, by the way, I, those verses are the most familiar verses in all of the, um, 
of the uh, story of the Christ, the birth of Christ. Everybody is familiar with these verses. And that is because they've been made very famous by someone that I consider to be um, probably one of my favorite people. Uh, someone who is very bold, very courageous, because every year this person goes on national television and reads these verses. Linus comes before everybody on television and reads the... Remember, you know, at the beginning, Charlie Brown is asking, what is Christmas all about? What is the meaning of Christmas? And at the end, Linus, God bless this boy, he takes center stage and the light shines on him and he reads these verses. And then he says, Charlie Brown, that is the meaning of Christmas. And it is. The meaning of Christmas is about the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is good news of great joy. And you know, if we could just, if we could just internalize that, it would wash away all the anxiety and all the fear that we face in this life. That Really, that paralyzes so many people. You know, Christians, in spite of all the anxiety and the fear and the despair of the world we're living in right now, Christians should be the most joyful people on this planet. We have so much to rejoice about. Uh, Years ago, C.S. Lewis wrote a book, actually. It's called, um, here we go, The Joy, uh, The Surprise, Surprised by Joy. I'm sorry, Surprised by Joy. Let me read a paragraph from this book. He said, when I came to faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, the greatest surprise was in discovering that the most serious business of heaven is joy. I was surprised immensely to find out how much fun it is to be a Christian. Many years ago, not too, not too long ago, about 20 years ago now I'm thinking, uh, when I was in Fort Worth, we had a, a little girl who started coming to our Awana program. And I think friends were bringing her. And then she, she brought her mom. She wanted to come to Sunday school, so she brought her mom to Sunday school to come there. And then her mom, liking everything, she invites her mom, her mom and her stepfather. And they're, at that point, they're right around 60 years old. And they start coming to church, and they get saved. And his name was Tucker. And Tucker said, I want to get baptized. And this was around November. And I, we did not have a baptistry. And I said, well, we usually baptize in June. Uh, we'll go to someone's pool. We had a number of members that had swimming pools. We usually go to a pool sometime in June or July, and we'll have a baptismal service. He said, I don't want to wait till then. I want to get baptized now. So I called up a good friend of mine. He pastored a Baptist church. All Baptist churches have a baptistry. And I called him up, and he said, you know what? We're going to be baptizing next Sunday. Um, just feel free to come in that afternoon and use our baptistry. And so about 40 or 50 of us went that Sunday afternoon. And uh, when we were there and I baptized him, the pastor, who's a good friend, he said, do you know who that is? I said, yeah, I, I know a little bit about him. He said, that guy is the last person I ever would have thought who would ever get saved. 
And he proceeded to tell me that at one time he owned a, a local bar there in town, and he was known for drinking and partying and, and you know, just about everything you can imagine. And, and later on, Tucker said, you know, Scott, if you'd have told me that I would be going to church on Sunday morning, I would have laughed at you and thought you were crazy. He said, I thought I was living it up. But I want you to know, I've never been happier than I am now. Since I have found Christ, I have never had more joy in life. You know, Christians ought to be the happiest people on this earth. And the birth of Christ is good news of great joy. But let's look at the second thing. Second of all, the birth of Christ not only is joyful, but it brings peace to some. Now, at this point, there's a, there's a choir of angels, and they appear, and they begin to sing. Now, our PowerPoint's not working this morning, obviously, and I had put on the PowerPoint the King James Version, but let me read it to you. This is the King James Version. It says, the angels sang, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men, all right? And when you read that, and it's been, most people would interpret that to mean that the coming of Christ would bring peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Well, the bottom line is, there's not much peace in this world right now. There never has been. I mean, and by the way, let me say this. It is true that Christianity makes the world a safer place. This world is a better place because of Christianity, because we are a religion of peace. But let's be honest, this world is not a peaceful place. But yet when many people look at this verse, they think, didn't Christ bring peace on earth and goodwill toward men? In fact, there's a, there's a very familiar Christmas song that, that ends like this. It ends... Um, Peace on, pray for peace, people everywhere. And it's referring to this passage. People, or pray for peace, people everywhere. That song uh, is, uh, do you know what I know? Or do you hear what I hear? And it, by the way, I don't know if you're familiar with that song, but it was, um, it was written during the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, you remember the, that time period when Kennedy and Khrushchev were kind of at a stalemate and the world was on high alert and tensions were high and people were nervous because we're on the brink of a nuclear war between the United States and the Soviet Union. And uh, there's a couple, they were relatively newly married, and they were walking through Central Park and they saw a couple baby strollers with little babies inside in the stroller kind of like a little baby in a manger thing, baby in a stroller. And, and that was the inspiration, thinking about how that little child is so unknowing about all the problems of the world, that they went home, or they went to their apartment, and they began to write this song. And by the way, it's very loosely, okay, very loosely based on the, the, uh, the account of the nativity. But we know how the song goes. You know, the, said the night wind, 
to the uh, little lamb, do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy, a song high above the trees with a voice as big as the sea. And then said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, do you know what I know? In your palace, warm, mighty king, a child shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. And then said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Pray for peace, people everywhere. People turn to this passage and they look for peace in the world but I'm, a, I'm telling you that the peace that the angels were singing about that night was not world peace it wasn't peace between nations if, by the way in fact Jesus himself made it very clear that is not why he came Jesus said these words and this is recorded in Luke chapter 12 verse 51 Jesus says do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. No, I have come to divide people. From now on, families will be split apart, three in favor of me and two against, or two in favor of me and three against. And then it goes on to talk of father against son and son against father. And then later on, Jesus, talking about the end time, says this, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but then the end will come. Luke 21, 9. In fact, Jesus was saying, I didn't come to bring peace. There's going to be war all the way up to the very end of time. In fact, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So the peace that the angels were singing about was not world peace. Let's take a look at what the NIV says, I think, and some of the newer versions that you have. Look at it closely. It says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace toward men on whom his favor rests. Did you see that? There's a difference there. Peace on men on whom his favor rests. Now, who are the people on whom God's favor rests? These would be believers. These are those who come to faith in Jesus Christ. So the peace that the angels are singing about is peace between man and God. Man and God. Charles Wesley in that uh, wonderful Christmas hymn that he wrote, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I think he, it really says it well in the first stanza. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. The peace that Christ brings is the peace between us and him. Romans chapter 5, and this is the verse that was read earlier. Therefore, Michael read it. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that is the most important peace there is. 
peace between us and God is the most important peace that anybody could ever have. You know, if Jesus would have come to bring world peace and peace between nations, he would have never made peace between us and God. And that is far greater. But you know what? Anyone, anyone who is not a Christian is in conflict with God. That's really what it's coming down to. Anyone who's not a Christian is in conflict with God. And that's why you need peace with God. Now, I know some people will say, no, Scott, wait a minute. I, I don't have any beef with God. I, I believe in God. I don't have any, I'm not in any kind of a conflict with God. Let me read to you a verse of scripture that is probably one of the top five most radical statements that is made in scripture. And it's from Romans chapter 8 verse 7. The sinful mind is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, neither can it do so. And then he goes on to say that we will never please God. God. Do you see what he's saying? What he is saying is that the default setting in our heart is hostility towards God. It is conflict with God. The default setting in our heart is not ignorance. It's not lack of information. It's not indifference. The heart, the, the default setting in our heart is hostility towards God and that hostility by the way you know where it shows up it shows up in our defiance of his authority in our lives the bottom line is we're hostile to his authority we are hostile towards his claim of ownership we're hostile to his claim of kingship we're hostile to his claim of lordship in our lives you know why because we want to live our life our way. This is my life. I'm going to live it any way I want. And I'm going to live any lifestyle I want. It doesn't matter what God says. This is the way I'm going to live my life. Because we want to be in charge of our own lives. And the bottom line is we want to sit on the throne and be the ruler of our own life. <clears throat> and by the way, you know what God says about that? God says... Get out of my seat. Get out of my You're in the wrong chair. Get out of my seat. Because as long as we're sitting in his seat, there's going to be hostility. There's going to be conflict. That, that is nothing short of cosmic treason, really. When we claim, hey, it's my life. I'm going to live it the way I want. But that's the natural default setting. Listen to what Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And by the way, it, it starts off bad news. I, I get that. Just hang in there. It gets better. It starts off bad. Listen, Paul writes, Colossians 1, 21. You were his enemies. That's pretty strong. You were, you were his enemies. This is the New Living Translation. You were his enemies and separated from him by your evil thoughts and your evil actions. That's the bad news. Now the good news. Yet, 
He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And it gets better, all right? And as a result, he has brought you into his presence and you are now holy, you are blameless, and you stand before him without a single fault. Think about that. That is what it means to be at peace with God. You see, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, takes on humanity. He takes on a human body, which is what Paul was talking about here. He, uh, through the death of Christ in his physical body, he, he takes a body because you have to have a body that can be nailed to a cross. You cannot nail a spirit to a cross. So he has a body that can be nailed to a cross. He has a body that can pour out blood. And through his death, we are reconciled to God. And as a result, the hostility between us and God is over. It's done. We're no longer his enemy. We're his friends. And you know, peace with God is unique to Christianity. No other religion offers that or even, even suggests that we can somehow be at peace with God here on this earth. Every other religion, you have to work. And if you work and go through all the protocol, maybe, maybe you'll make God happy and you'll have peace with him. Christianity says Christ has done all the work. He has made peace. And because of that, we are holy, we are blameless, and we stand before him without a single fault. We are at peace with God because of Christ and what he's done for us. You know, when you meet Jesus, I'll tell you what happens. When you meet Jesus, you meet someone who loves you more than you love yourself. And you have absolutely no problem giving him the throne of your life because you realize that he loves you more than you love yourself and you trust him. That he will take care of you better than you could ever take care of yourself. But you know what? You know the first step? The first step to having peace with God. The first step is you've got to recognize you are at war with God. There's hostility between you and God. If, if I don't see myself... As a sinner who is hostile towards God, I'll never come to faith in Christ. I'll never reach out to him for that peace that only he can bring. Let me, let me uh, explain it this way, all right? Christmas is on, what, Saturday. So let's suppose, all right, um, this is a big suppose. All right, Debbie and I were sitting around the tree, and we're going to open our presents for each other. And I open up my, the present that she's given to me, and, and it's a book. And I love to get books. And I open it up, and it's a book, and the title of the book is How to Be a Better Husband. All right. Now, I, I, read, I look at that, and I say to myself, I don't need this book. Now, I'm not going to tell her that, but I'm going to look at that, and I'm going to say, I don't need that book. I don't, I'll, I'm a great husband. You know what? God says, when you read the book, you realize you're in conflict with God. And until you recognize that, until we recognize that we have a sin problem and we confess it and we say, I need peace with God and it only comes through Christ, only then do we come to that place where we can have peace with God.
But you know, for those of us who are believers, you know, I think for those of us, we already, we're, so to speak, have peace with God. I think one of the biggest challenges that we face is that we, uh, we lose the wonder of being at peace with God. We, we lose the wonder of it. We, um, we get, kind of get over it, you might say. Well, don't get over it. Don't lose the wonder of that. Do you know why some Christians cannot forgive others? Because they've never, well, let me put it this way. They have lost the wonder of being at peace with God. And they can no longer be at peace with others. You know why some Christians just can't get along with others? Because they have lost the wonder of being at peace with God. You see, it's when we are living in peace with God, really living it, that we can live in peace with one another. So don't get over, don't get over the fact that you have peace with God. Enjoy it. You know, I don't think the shepherds ever got over it. I think they continued to enjoy that. They, they never got over the, the, um, the wonder of that night. They, they never got over the wonder of, of the joy of that night. They never got over the, the wonder of the, the peace of that night. In fact, notice verse 17 here in Luke chapter 2 verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told. Can you just sense the, the joy that's just coming out of them? They spread the word to uh, everything that they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And in verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I, I don't think they ever they ever got over it I don't think they ever lost the wonder that there is peace with God that there's joy in knowing the Savior so here's here's what I want us to take home today it is the presence of Christ that brings joy to the heart and peace with God it is the presence of Christ that brings joy to the heart and peace with God. You know, I think what the angels are really, what they're really telling us is, if you want joy, real joy in life, you merely need to look to Jesus. If you want lasting peace in your life, you merely need to look to Jesus. Because the message is good news of great joy, and there is peace between us and God and if you've never come to that place in your life where you have put your trust in Christ and you have peace in your heart and peace with him do that today let's pray father what a blessed passage of scripture uh, this is in giving us the message of the angels the message of joy and a message of peace and if there's someone here today who has never come to faith in Christ, I, I pray that today they will surrender their heart, put their trust in Christ, and experience that joy and peace that only he gives. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing with me hymn 292.
Thou didst leave thy throne. Please stand. If you would like to uh, pray with someone this morning, uh, elders are up front. I'll be up front. Uh, feel free to come up. We'd be glad to pray with you. And then also uh, be sure to drop your uh, pledge card in the box and your connection card in the offering plate when you leave. And Christmas Eve, we're having a Christmas Eve service, 4 o'clock, candlelight Christmas Eve service, communion. We, we've got a, some good music lined up. It's going to be a great evening. Takes about an hour, maybe a little bit more, not much. And uh, it's just a good time to celebrate the birth of Christ. And Debbie and I want to say to you, if I don't see you on Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Father, what a blessed time of year it is, celebrating the birth of Christ our Savior. But more than that, it's the incarnation, you coming to be with us. And Father, I just pray that during this time of year, we'll remember the real reason for the season, and that is Christ, our Savior, has been born. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing two stanzas together. In the little village of Bethlehem, there lay a child one day, and the sky was bright with the holy light for the place where Jesus Hallelujah. 
the bird.